0: On the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Yeshua, Jesus, saying, Where do you want us to prepare for you to eat the Passover? He said, Go into the city to a certain man and tell him. The teacher says, My time is near. At your house, I'm going to keep the Passover with my disciples. The disciples did as Yeshua had ordered them, and they prepared the Passover. Matthew chapter 26 verses 17 through 19. Quickly approaching, it's the time of year when we do a lot of reflection, a lot of internal and external cleansing, and preparation for this remembrance of the exodus from Egypt. Friends, welcome to Messiah and Life. Today we're going to talk about Pesach, Passover, and we're going to talk about how we should really take a posture of gratitude as we go through the Passover Seder, as we celebrate the season of Pesach as you remember the events that surrounded the life of Messiah and what that means for all of us who have confessed faith in him and are trusting him as Lord and Savior. So today we'll look at this beautiful feast, this time of family, of friends, this time of remembrance and looking forward. So when we look at the calendar of biblical feasts, Passover and Tabernacles are two of the Overshadowing themes of the New Testament faith. Clearly, Passover begins the season, and Tabernacles concludes the season. Pesach, or Passover, is the time of deliverance and salvation, not only historically through uh, the Lord, the blood of the Lamb in Egypt, but also through 2,000 years ago, the deliverance and salvation through Messiah Yeshua Jesus the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And then in Sukkot and Tabernacles, we see a type of the kingdom of God and the result of the salvific work of the Messiah as he brings together people from every tribe, every tongue, every nation. And we see that in Revelation 7 verse 9, a celebration, which is the uh, beautiful final feast of engathering, which we not only celebrate as as tabernacles, as Sukkot, but also as the marriage feast of the Lamb. And we see that so beautifully depicted as the redeemed of humanity stand before the Lamb and before the throne, dressed in white robes, waving the lulav, waving the sign of victory, the palm branch. Each year at our congregational Seder, we have visitors who attend the Passover Seder and tabernacles. Of the two, Pesach, uh, Passover, is more overwhelming. When they come in and they sit down, those who are unfamiliar with Pesach are faced with a booklet called the Hagada, a Seder plate uh, with strange-looking stuff on it. What does it mean? We have bowls. Wait a minute, that bowl is a little cloudy over there. What's that for? We have strange blessings. We have song, pouring our wine or juice for the people sitting next to us, and of course, matzah, unleavened bread. Yet, if you were to follow those who are familiar with the event, event, you will very quickly discover that there's an order and a purpose and a story that is being told. (coughs) Excuse me. Because, of course, that's what Seder means, order. The Seder opens with the beautiful lighting of candles, the singing of the order of the service, of the Seder itself. There's usually a song to settle people, and the sanctification, the Kedusha of the day, the day when we remember Zecher Litziat Mitzrayim. The Seder, far from being this supernatural event that only the super-spiritual can experience, is the telling of a story. It's a... Uh, really a living sermon. It's an illustrated sermon that we partake of, we taste, we touch, we hear, we smell, we see. And it's prompted by the questions of our sons, of our daughters. We involve the smallest among us, the future for us. And most certainly, we deal with questions prompted in our own hearts why is this night different from all other nights? It's been my experience over the <coughs> excuse me. It's been my experience over the years of leading public seder's that participants in the seder, especially uh, in the Christian Church, become so focused on finding Yeshua, finding Jesus in the Passover, that they forget to find themselves in the story of the Passover, the story of the Exodus. I can assure you, obviously the Messiah is not lost, therefore he's in no need of being found, and he certainly is there, and it becomes quite obvious as we partake, as we uh, as we meditate on the experience itself, this very profound and moving evening that we where we are gathered around the Seder table. And we're gathered as generations. And as we partake of each of the elements and we sing and we meditate and pray on the experiences we're going through it. And that reflection, what we might have missed while we were sitting there will come back to us. So it shouldn't really be an experience of focusing on gathering information to enhance New Testament understanding. But during the Seder, during the experience of Pesach. We find that our mood and our emotions are stirred. We symbolically wash our hands. We taste our tears with the the most simple hors d'oeuvre of parsley. We taste the bondage, the bitterness of bondage with the maror. We consume unleavened bread, matzah. We hear the story. We sing of our deliverance. And we remember that we were slaves, but we are now free. And the matzah itself begins as the bread of affliction, but ends as the bread of freedom. So we move from brokenness and bondage to gratitude to wholeness. And this is recognized in one of the most beautiful and poignant parts of the Seder, Dayenu. This section of the Magidim, this section of the story known as Daenu, is a remembrance of the exodus from Egypt, the giving of the Torah, the Entry into the promised land. After each statement, the response is, It would have been enough. If only this, it would have been enough. If only this, but not that, it would have been enough. Still, this section is not just a remembrance. It's not just a response. It's actually a, a tacoon. it's a repair. It's a repair inside of us, inside of our hearts. The whole evening stirs us to remember, it stirs us to repair what we have forgotten in the last year, perhaps. That we were slaves and now we are free. We were in bondage and now we are liberated. We went from a place of affliction to a place of freedom. When we consider the Da'inu we first notice a similarity of structure. There are 15 parts of the Pesach Seder. There are 15 steps up to the Holy Temple where the Levites would stand to sing praise to the Lord. And there are 15 statements to the Dainu. So Dainu is actually seen as a series of praises. (coughs) Excuse me. A series of praises, remembering and giving thanks to the Lord for his kindness to his people. On that journey from bondage to freedom it's a journey that was not just in a moment but it's a journey that continues over a lifetime as we continually are set free from that which causes us fear pain and anxiety sorrow shame as we move from that which restricts us to he who liberates us the Talmud recognizes something extraordinary about Dainu, it would have been enough, and how it should stir us to gratitude. In Malachi 3, verse 10, that might be a different uh, in your in a Christian version of the Bible, but mine here is Malachi 3, verse 10. It says, bring all of the tithes into the storehouse and let there be food in my house. And please prove me in this, says the Lord of hosts, whether I do not open for you the window of the heavens, and shall pour out for you boundless blessing. In uh, Tractate Ta-Nit 9A, the sages translate, "And shall pour out for you boundless blessing. I'd be blind, die, I'd be die, <laughs> excuse me, until your lips, they say that it is translated until your lips are exhausted through saying, "Enough, enough. The root of Dainu, Dai, means enough. Yet the sages see not only the Lord's promise of blessing, but our response in gratitude, thanksgiving, and praise. He wants to pour so much out for us that we're exhausted from saying thank you. We're exhausted from saying it would have been enough. That's his grace and his mercy that continually pours out. When we sing Dainu, we're repairing our ingratitude. When we recall from the Torah that we learn that Israel, after the exodus, very quickly entered into a condition of ingratitude. They weren't grateful for the many blessings that the Lord gave to them. They complained. So where they complained, we give thanks. We need to be mindful of that, that where we are tempted, where we are inclined to complain that Rather, we need to give thanks. And that is the purpose behind Dainu. Not just the remembrance, but the rectification, the correction, the tikkun of what is in our heart that needs to be changed. Friends, we recognize that each step in this journey of redemption is a miracle. Every step that you take in this journey of redemption is a miracle. Just as each statement in the Dainu is a miracle. So, why gratitude? <coughs> Excuse me. We return again to the Haggadah, the text, the story of the Exodus. And we read this We were slaves to Pharaoh in Egypt, but the Lord our God took us out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Had not the Holy One, blessed be He, taken our, heart, taken our fathers out from Egypt? And our hearts out from Egypt, then we, our children, and our children's children, would have remained enslaved to Pharaoh in Egypt. We were slaves, but now we are free. When Israel departed Egypt, the Egyptians gave them gold, silver. But the Lord gave them even greater gifts, just as he bestows upon us even greater gifts. And the question would be, why? I'm going to read from Deuteronomy chapter 15, beginning in verse 12. If your fellow Hebrew, a man or woman, is sold to you and serves you six years, then in the seventh year, you are to set him free. When you set him free, you are not to send him out empty-handed. You are to surely provide for him from your flock and your threshing floor and winepress, As the Lord your God has blessed you, You are to give to him. You will remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt and the Lord, your God redeemed you. Therefore I am commanding you this thing today. We learn a great deal from our own deliverance, from how the Lord directed Israel to treat former slaves, those who are being set free, those who are no longer serving us for whatever purpose. And not only that, those who have been set free within the broader community, they were to supply them with what they needed in order to restore their dignity so that they would not leave them free, but impoverished. Dayuna recognizes 15 gifts that the Lord gave Israel, each of which would have been enough. The Apostle Paul reminds us of free people in Messiah, Yeshua, and my God shall fill all your need according to his riches and glory in Messiah, Yeshua. Further, Paul writes this in 1 Corinthians 5, 7 through 8. Therefore, cleanse out the old leaven, so that you are a new lump, as you are unleavened. He's using leaven, chametz, here as a type of of archetype of sin. For also Messiah, our Passover, was slaughtered for us. So then let us celebrate the festival. <coughs> Let us celebrate the festival, not with old leaven, not as we once were, nor with the leaven of evil and wickedness, not as we might be inclined to be, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth, having been renewed and filled by the Holy Spirit. This is how we celebrate Pesach now. And that celebration of Pesach now inclines us to celebrate with others and the celebrating of others have taken care of intending to and serving and sharing with them in order that their dignity would also be built up just as the Lord has built up ours. Messiah has delivered us. His blood has cleansed us and he breathed on us to receive the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is really an endowment that gifts us to work with dignity to work with dignity and Messiah for his kingdom. Think about that. We were once in bondage to sin. We once did things that we are terribly ashamed of that, that led to destruction not only in our own lives, but the lives of others. How on earth could we serve a king so marvelous, so glorious, so gracious, so kind? But by the endowment of the Holy Spirit, the sending of the Holy Spirit, and as the Holy Spirit fills us, He fills us with his gifts that give us the dignity that we can stand and we can share and we can serve. And once we're free and established, (coughs) excuse me, once we're free and once we're established in the person of Messiah, we are not to despise those with whom we were held in bondage or those who held us in bondage. Rather, we're commissioned to deliver to them and to all the world the gospel of freedom. See, when we're grateful and rejoice before him in glad song, we are able to receive the message of Pesach, the message of Passover, and impart that message to others. We were slaves to Pharaoh in Egypt, but now we are free. I was a slave to sin, a sin in my own life wicked wayward heart, but now I've been renewed. I've been set free. I've been given a new heart, a new spirit, a new life. We were slaves, but now we are free. It is for freedom that Christ Messiah has set you free. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So we need to praise him. Not because everything is perfect, because he's worthy to receive our praise. So let us praise him for our freedom. Thank him for our freedom, for the gifts that he has given to us, for the many, many blessings. And say this year with great sincerity, the depths from, our, from the depths of our hearts, sincerity and gratitude, dainu, 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 as even the smallest grace that we receive from the Lord would have been enough. Let our lips be tired from thanking him for the manyfold favors, the many blessings, the many graces, the many mercies, the much love. Let our lips be exhausted from praise, not exhausted from waywardness and sin. Let us give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Give thanks to the Lord. He is good. His mercy endures. Forever and ever. Friends, in this season, I'm sure many of you have been going through a pressing. I know I have. I'm sure many of you are experiencing things in life that you wish you weren't. I know I am. But praise be to God that He is enough to bring us through and He will bring us through and He always gives us what we need in order to continue the march forward. Because as we know from the Psalms, not one feeble was in their midst because he restored for that long march out. And now that he has filled us with the Holy Spirit, he has given us the renewal, the, 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 the strength, the vigor to march. But now it's not to an unknown destination. Now we're we're marching towards tabernacles, towards Sukkot, towards the kingdom of God and the realization of redemptive history, of world history, of human history. And along that way we're reaching those who have been suffering under the weight of sin and bondage. And we give them hope through the message of the gospel of Messiah Yeshua Jesus. So friends, let this season (coughs) let this time, let this festival be the beginning of a new season as we celebrate Pesach, we celebrate Bukharim, first fruits. We, we count the Omer, we move towards Shavuos, the remembrance of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2, Pentecost, the Feast of Weeks, and then we move into that season of anticipation of Yom Teruah, Rosh Hashanah, the Feast of Trumpets, to Yom Kippur, the days of atonement, and ultimately to that beautiful day, that glorious day. That glorious day when we will stand before him in celebration and praise and say, now it truly is enough. Thanks be to God. Amen. Friends, I hope and pray that whether you're celebrating Pesach or not, that this perhaps gave a little bit of insight into Uh, an aspect, just an aspect of this festival, this season an aspect that brings forth gratitude so if you're celebrating the resurrection of the Messiah do so with gratitude and awe at his mercy and his grace and his love and the power to resurrect and change that the darkness could not overcome he who is the light of the world hallelujah so as we enter into this beautiful and holy season. I pray that each of you and your families and your friends and those that you congregate with are mightily blessed of the living God. So next week we'll look at something. It'll be the second day of Passover. But we'll look at another dimension of this season. Perhaps talk about the resurrection. (coughs) And I hope and pray that you'll tune in then because we still have a lot of Torah to learn. May the Lord bless and keep you all. In the name of Messiah, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Be very blessed. We'll see you next week.